Can you take a moment, just open your heart. Just take a moment and open your heart. Father God, we praise you and we thank you. We give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, we give you all the praise because yes, you are worthy. You are worthy in this place. Lord, I thank you for all the things that you are doing and the ways that you are moving. That you see and know each and every one of us. And that you have plans for each and every one of us. The way that you orchestrate and the way that you do things. That each and every one of us will be blessed in you. Each and every one of us will be richly enriched by you, O oh God. More than in earthly things, O oh God, in spiritual things, in things of your kingdom, in your purpose, in your ordination, in the things that you have kept for us to do. I pray that our eyes will be focused upon what you have entrusted to us and what you have kept for us to do. Let our purposes be entwined in your purpose. Let our plans not be our plans, but let them be your plans. Oh God, because you have a great plan and a great thing that you are doing. And it is firmly established, oh God. But let us be a people that is joined with you in it, oh God. We pray in the name of Jesus that every other voice, every other purpose will be stilled. Every scheme and planning of the enemy that it will be canceled in the name of Jesus. Yes, let it be established the things that God has spoken and said over us as a people. Let the promises of God be fulfilled in this place in the name of Jesus. Let every person who is downtrodden, every person who is weak, let them be lifted up and strengthened in the name of Jesus. All those who hunger and thirst, let them be satisfied in the house of God. All those who are alone and lonely, let them experience the embrace and blessing of God. Let the presence of God saturate and fill and flood this place in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you are doing and how you are doing it in the name of Jesus we pray yes it is firmly established the things that God will do for us it is not a question it is not a doubt it is not a worry it is firmly established the things that God would do in us and for us I know some of you may be shaken in that some of you may have questions in that, but God has firmly established what he has decided to do, even if you are not firmly established in it. You know, when I was praying last week, I saw an image. I saw an image of a plant planted in a nursery pot. I think that's what you call it, right? The pot that you get from the nursery. Is it a nursery pot? Amen. Amen? If you're not, if you sleep, I'm going to wake you up. You already know me. But as you pull that plant out, the problem is when you look at the roots of the plant, it is suffocated within the pot. And God has a desire to remove the pot and place it within a more open space. That the roots will be firmly established. That the roots would spread. That it will be 
nicely watered and that it would bear much fruit. This is the image that God gave me. The only question is, are we aligned with it? Are we for it? I know many things are fighting against it, but you need to be strong in the calling that God has for you and has for us as a people. You need to be strong and firm. Nothing allowing you to be moved in that calling. Because many things will come and try to shake you. Many things will come and try to hurt you. Try to break your heart. To break your spirit. To burden your mind. But you cannot allow those things to enter within your heart. And to enter within your mind. Your spirit. Your mind. Your heart must remain strong and vigilant. One thing is clear. When you look at a person. How do you know a person? Who is a person? What is a person? A person is made up primarily of two things. It is their heart and their mind. If you say you know a person. It means you know their heart. You know their mind. These are the two most intimate places of a person. Amen. Who knows the thoughts of a man except for the spirit of a man. The spirit of God searches the deep and unsearchable things. Who knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God. But guess what? This intimate place of your life. This person that you are. The devil is trying to invade and pervade that space. He is trying to shake you in your heart. He is trying to shake you in your mind. But you cannot allow yourself to be changed in the course and in the calling of God. In the good things of God. You must remain strong and planted. Hallelujah. I think I have 30 minutes. Is that 12 o'clock or? 12 o'clock. I like the clock. It's very clear. But don't look back. It's 11 o'clock right now. Truly, I missed, I missed this place. I missed home. It's been a while. There's so many memories. I can remember sitting right here and having so many experiences as a kid. We wouldn't be listening to the message, but we would be poking each other, pulling each other, joking around, and things like that. And then as we grew, obviously, we started listening because we started maturing and we started realizing what was going on here. But so many experiences that I have here. So many ties and so many bonds. This morning, God has given me a message, and the message is bear much fruit. The desire of God for us is that we bear much fruit. And yes, you can be fruitful. You are in the right place, and you are in the right time. God can do a great and a wonderful thing through your life. But there are certain things that you need to do for this to happen. For you to bear much fruit, it is not by accident. Have you met anybody by accident they became fruitful? Except for people who won the lottery. But that's like one in a billion or something now, right? I don't know. It's not by accident. And it's not like that in the kingdom of God. You have to purpose within yourself and you have to decide and commit to it that yes, I am taking this path and I want to bear much fruit. And this morning I want to outline a few things that is required of you if you want to bear much fruit. This morning for our morning's meditation, if you can turn with me to John chapter 15. 
verses 1 to 7, uh, 17. Somebody stole all the water. There used to be water here. Thank you, Philip. Up to 17. Amen. Thank you so much. Before we go too deep into the passage and before we go into the word, let me lay the context of what has happened so far. When we look just a few chapters before, we can see that this is the beginning of the Passion Week of Christ. And Judas has just left them. And now Jesus is with his disciples. And chapters 14 to 17, he is speaking only to his disciples. Just to his disciples. So this is a personal conversation that John is sharing with us. This is an intimate time where Jesus has promised them, comforted them, is blessing them and praying for them. And in the midst of that is chapter 15. And in this chapter 15, we can see that it is beginning by saying, I am the true vine. I am the vine. We can see that Jesus is right now being a little bit more descriptive and building upon what was written in Exodus chapter 3 verses 14 or 17. Where it says simply, I am that I am when Moses asked, who are you, O God? And John is the one to write the seven I am sayings. 
I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. I am the true vine. So here, Christ is giving us a better understanding of who God is. At the same time, he is also telling you who you are, who I am. Because not only are there I am sayings, but there are you are sayings as well. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the branch. Amen. You are the branch. But here the passage is primarily desiring one thing and asking and telling us to do one thing, and that is to bear much fruit. And the only way that we will be bearing much fruit or to bear fruit and much fruit is only one way, by remaining. In the King James Version, it says abide. In the New International Version, it says remain. Sometimes remaining is a hard thing. It's not easy. It could be difficult. See, when you look at faith, there's two ways faith is primarily expressed. Or faith is acted on two primary ways. The first is the exciting way. The way that we all like. Where we're praying and we're active and we're moving. Where we're saying, in the name of Jesus, we have victory. Where we're moving and we're active and we're in the authority and acting in the authority that God has given. A proactive, if you will, faith. But there is another type of faith that sometimes God has called you and told us to be in. And that is, if you would allow me to say, passive faith. A faith where God is telling you, be still and wait just to remain. And that is the harder type of faith because you are perplexed and you are hard pressed on every side. And God is telling you, just remain and trust and believe in me. But sometimes that is a hard thing to do. But that is the calling upon your life and my life. To remain. To be still and to know that he is God. The desire of God is for our faith our belief to be firmly rooted and to be well planted. Not to be quickly shaken. Not simply based on excitement. But to be firmly planted in Him. God wants to take you deeper. He wants to do greater and bigger things with you and through your life. And God can do it. He can do amazing things through your life. He can use you in amazing and wonderful ways that you have not even seen or understood. That your mind will be full of passion in knowing him through these things. But all that you would have to do is remain. You would have to be in his presence. You would need to remain. And God would do amazing things. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know how he does it, but he just does it. I don't know how. But he will do it. Do you want to be one of those people? I want to be one of those people. I have experienced and known this. 
That remaining sometimes has a greater effect than going about and doing 101 things, but just remaining. The word remain in this short 11 verses is actually written 11 times, multiple times over and over and over again. And these 11 times is used in different ways and said in different ways. Remain, 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 remain. Primarily three different ways or three different places in this passage we are told to remain. The first place it says, remain in me. Remain in me. Can you feel the presence of God in this place? I can feel him here. I know that he is speaking to you and I know this will be a blessing. It says, remain in me. This is something that we need to understand very well. Remain in me. Many of us, we think that we are remaining in God. Many of us, we think that we are firmly connected with God. But some of us, I don't want to say that we're fools, but we have tricked our own selves thinking that we are remaining and are connected with God. Yes, he is divine and we are the branches. It's a connection remaining in him. But many of us, instead of remaining in him, we are remaining or being connected in different things in different ways. Some of us, we are connected in the ministry. We think we are connected with God. We think that we are remaining with God. But the only thing that we are remaining in and are connected with is the ministry. And that is a big problem. Because upon that ministry, now you begin to build and you begin to lay different things. But you are doing a work that will not remain, that will not stand the test. It may even stand the test, but it won't bear the fruit that God is looking for. So you need to be careful. Because you think you are connected to God just because you are connected to the ministry. No, that's not how God works. And when you are connected to the ministry, you think you're connected to God, so you begin to strategize. You begin to create tactics. You begin to create plans. You begin to create a direction. Phase one, phase two, phase three. We'll do this ministry first, that ministry second, this ministry third. And this is how we're going to propagate. And this is how we're going to function. And this is how we're going to work. But be careful. God doesn't desire any of those things. You know, when God calls you, Many of us, we think that we jump and we do anything that seems good. That is not the plan of God. If it was the plan of God, then Paul, then God would not have stopped Paul when he was going to preach in Asia. It is not simply anything that looks good that is your calling on your life. There is a particular, specific plan just for us. Just for you. Handcrafted, planned by God. 
When you look in Ephesians chapter 2 where God is speaking about grace or Paul is speaking about grace. It says you have been saved by grace through faith and this not of yourself. And the last before it ends it says but God has prepared good works for you to do ahead of time. Those are specific works for specific people in specific times. If you jump ahead and do something and anything that seems like it is good, God will only look at you in displeasure. Not only that, you'll feel empty and void. You will feel lost. You'll feel a cry within your heart, longing for something more, and feel that Christianity, that this has all failed you. This hasn't failed you. The only thing is you have a misplaced root. You have a misplaced connection. Instead of the ministry, you need to place yourself. You need to be connected with Christ. It says remain in me, not remain in the ministry. It says be connected, joined with me, not with the ministry. Those things can come after. Those things can be the fruit, but it cannot be the vine. The ministry is not divine. The strategy is not divine. The tactics, the plans, those are not divine. Divine is Christ and Christ alone. Because Christ wants to fill you first. He wants to give you life first. Ministry cannot give you life. Ministry cannot fill the emptiness within your life. Ministry cannot give you the love that you need. No, ministry cannot fill the gap that you are feeling. The knowingness that you have deep within. And when you look and you try to do it without Christ, you have this knowing within yourself. And you're asking, is there all that there is? Let me tell you, there is more. There is so much in abundance that we cannot describe. That we will hunger and thirst and we will long for more and more. And the only thing that we would desire to do is be in God's presence. And we would only long to love him more. Do you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Amen. God loves you. God loves you so much. Yes, he loves you. He loves you particularly. Specifically you. And he wants to be connected with you. He's not looking for you to be connected with the ministry and do 101 accomplishments. He's just looking for you. He is asking you, would you remain in me? Please forgive me, I did not bring my iPad. I have a small little tiny phone with tiny little letters. I know I, know I look young, but I have few gray hairs. And my eyes are a little bit not the best. So please forgive me. So remain in him, be connected with him. And the only way to do this is to introspect yourself. The only way to do this is to prune yourself at certain times. See, to come into the presence of God and say, God, I came here because I wanted something. But Lord, change my heart. I shouldn't have come for things. I should have come for you. God, I came here. I came here looking that I would be greater and better in ministry. Lord, I'm sorry. I should have come here for you. There are so many things in your life that is taking the place of God, even when you come to God. But if you want to see him, 
if you want to be connected with him, you would have to seek his presence. You would have to seek him out. That takes time. And that also takes one more thing. It takes you. It takes your heart. It takes you. It takes you fighting against the distractions. I know the things that I'm saying, I'm not saying or, oh, uh, I can, let me fill my time or let me fill the pages with words. I'm talking about the times when I sat down to pray. 101 other thoughts are coming up and distracting my mind when I'm so focused on God. I'm trying to be focused on God. You need to throw those things out. You need to press in. You need to seek the presence of God and be connected and remain with him. If we go to verses 7 and 8, the next thing it says, it says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The second place that we are told to remain is to remain in the word. I'm afraid I might run out of time. So let me tell you the third point before you go home unsatisfied. Or like, hey, where was the third point? The third point, it says, remain in my love. Verses 10 to 17. It's kind of funny, right? These three things are actually God. Remain in me, that's God. Remain in my word, that's God. Remain in my love, that's also God. When we read first, when we read first John, it says, God is. God is sleeping. No, actually, I'm sorry, too much. But God is love. These three things are God. But they're expressed in three different ways. Or they're seen, or God is seen in three different ways. The word. Now, why is the word so important? See, the thing is that Christ is telling us to remain because there is a fight going on. Does this work? It's number 12. Can I turn it on? Maybe I should remain here. So, when we see the Gospels, one thing that we can understand is Christ was going out propagating the Gospel and he was creating disciples. Not just 12, not just 15, but hundreds of disciples were being made. But these hundreds of disciples were not remaining. Some were turning away because of difficulties and problems. Some were turning away because the word was too difficult. The word was too meaty. They couldn't handle it. Some were turning away because God was asking more and more from them. But God is imploring his disciples, not 12, but 11 because Judas already left. He was imploring these 11 disciples, you guys, you guys don't go. You guys don't move. You remain. You remain because I want to see the fruit in you. So God looks at you and he sees you differently. Just think of yourselves as one of those 11 disciples. After hundreds have already left, but you are the chosen few. And God is looking to you. You guys don't go. I have a great, great harvest in you. Not 30, not 60, maybe a hundredfold. And he's saying as a second thing, remain in my word. Remain in my word. 
It's a very important thing to have the word of God built in your life. If you don't have this word of God, it's not easy. It's very difficult. I remember when I was in India, I faced a situation and faced a time. I got married. Right? I got married, yes. You guys know I got married. I got married and I was one year in India and it was getting time for me to come back home or to come back to America. But even before I reached home, I faced this great dilemma within myself. I faced my situation and my circumstance and I faced the enemy taking advantage of it. I began to think, of my, think to myself, what am I going to do? I have, a, I have these degrees in theology, but they don't, they don't provide anything for my family. They don't provide me an occupation. They don't provide me a place to live. They don't provide me a place to stay. And this began to compromise my peace and compromise me within my heart and within my mind. To the point where I had no peace. And I, the, the problem was this. The situation was speaking its words into my life rather than the word of God speaking its words into my life. It was at that point I decided I cannot allow this to create my future. I cannot allow the enemies, the doubts, the fears to take control of my life. I need to pick up the word of God and I need to hold on to this word of God. I began to pick up Bible verses where it said, For I will fulfill my purposes concerning your life. I will teach you and guide you. Do not be like the horse or the mule with my loving eyes upon you. I will guide you and I will lead you. For this is our God. God to the end for this is our guide to the end this is our God forever and ever even unto death see your situation and your circumstance will begin to try to dictate the ways that you are going to go but it is the word of God that you need to speak out and guess what you'll find a new friend you know who that new friend is you would never guess the devil a good buddy of mine Every time, like clockwork, he would remind me, say your memory verses. Like clockwork. I would say it for five, ten minutes, and I would feel like, yes, strengthened in the word of God. And for an hour, two hours, three hours, but then the devil would come back and he would remind me, hey, what are you going to do? It's time to say your verses again. Guess what happens when you speak words of faith, when you speak the words of God? It comes to life and it creates, it does something in you. I can't explain, I can't explain how I'm coming this far. I can't explain how I have the things that I have in my life except to say it is simply the word of God. Where I should I have failed, where I should not be where I am. I can only say one thing, it is the word of God. That if you remain in the word of God and speak that word more than all the other words, you need to speak and not allow the other voices to dictate and to say what will be of your life. It is the words of God that must decide what will be of your life. 
I don't know what situation you are going in. But they are words and God's promises for your situation. You need to pick up those words and you need to speak them in your situation. And it needs to be the word of God that is God over your life. Not your situation. Not your circumstance. How long will your circumstance and your situation be your God? That you will only come up this far. That you will only do these things. That you have these impediments. That you have these circumstances and these preconditions. No, you have no preconditions. You only have the word of God. What will bear fruit? It is the word of God. We know this clearly from the life of Joseph. I think it's Psalms 103 where it says his shackles bruised his hands and his feet until the word of God was proved true. When those shackles of conditions and circumstance are starting to bruise you, you need to speak the word of God because the word of God will dictate your situation and your circumstance. But let me ask you, what have you been saying in your circumstance and your situation? What have you been saying? It's time for you to change your verbiage. It's time for you to begin to speak the promises of God concerning you. No matter how bad your situation, no matter how terrible and what may be going on, you need to let God be God in your life. But my time is almost finished. Can you pick up the word of God for yourself? Can you pick up the word of God for your family? Lastly, can you pick up the word of God for the church of God? There is great things that God wants to do in this place. I know it. I know it and I hear it. God will do great things. But all the voices of men must be stilled and all the voices of the enemy must be stilled. I'm not talking about people here. I'm just talking about in general. All the other voices must be stilled. And all the other voices of the enemy, of the devil, of circumstance need to be silenced. And the only way that you're going to do it is with the word of God. You need to sit and remain in God. There's a beautiful place that I know. It is the presence of God. I know you all pray, but I have a question. When was the last time you met Christ? When was the last time you experienced the presence of God? If I was to ask you, can you describe Jesus for me, what would you tell me? What kind of person is he? What is he like? What would you tell me? I don't want to hear Lion of Judah and, you know, Alpha and Omega and then uh, this, that, and the other. No, I'm talking about what is he really like? What was your personal interaction? What was the intimacy that you had? What was his mind? What was his heart like? Because that's the place where you really know God. I told you before, a person is made primarily of two places. It is the heart and it is the mind. How will you know Christ? It must be in your heart and in your mind. How do you know Christ in the most intimate and personal spaces of your life? Come with me. Let us go to God's presence. Let us remain in his presence. Let us experience him that we would pour out into the life of others. Let me tell you, there's people everywhere 
I'm going to stop in a minute because that's exactly what I have. Sad to say, in my own life, I started making ministry God sometimes. Sad to say, sometimes I was connected to the ministry, rooted in the ministry, remaining in the ministry, but not remaining in God. But when I took the time to start remaining in God and in his presence, I started realizing things. There's a people that is hurting and longing and looking for God. When I started being in God's presence, people started coming into my life. I don't know where they were coming from. One day, I just went to the bank, and the lady's like, you're a pastor. Please pray for me. And she starts crying. Another day, another person comes to me and says, I'm depressed. Can you help me? I need counseling. How is this happening? It's not because I'm something. I know I am nothing. It's only one thing when we remain in the presence of God. I'm not talking about saying a prayer. I'm talking about being in the presence of God, the intimate, wonderful places of God. Let me tell you, people will start to enter into your life. You will begin to minister. And guess what? You will bear fruit. Not just some fruit. Jesus describes it and he said it was fruit. Then he says, and he goes forward and he says, it's much fruit. Then at the, towards the end of that passage, it says, this is. God wants to do something. He wants to bear much fruit in you, not just a little, a lot. And the type of fruit that he wants to bring out of you is a fruit that remains, a fruit that is tested and tried because it is through him. Can you pray with me this morning? Master, we come to your presence. As we read in the scripture, many came to you for many different reasons some because they were hungry some because they wanted to make you king and be blessed by you some just because they wanted healing some just because they were deceptive and greedy and all of those people left but there were some who remained some who you called and few who you chose this morning, oh God, we want to be among the chosen. We want to be among the, the people who remain. Not simply just so we can go to heaven, but so we can be joined to you. So we can be with you. So that you would be our heart's desire. That you would be our great inheritance. That you would be our all in all, God. But Lord, our heart is full of alternative motives, oh God. I pray that you will clean our heart. That you will purify our minds. That we would have a true love for you. That we would come because we have seen you. Not because we have simply seen your glory. Not because we have simply seen miracles and wonders and amazing things. But because we saw you. Lord, I pray that you will hold us in your hands, that you will firmly root us in you and in your word. As your word tells us, blessed is the man who meditates on the word of God day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water. Lord, root us in you, root us in your word, and root us in your love. Lord, we can try. 
But the biggest and greatest thing that we can give you is our heart. So in all sincerity, oh God, we say we give you our heart, we give you our mind that it will remain in you and that you would establish your will. That you will bear fruit in us for your glory and for your name's sake. Lord, I pray over our church. I bless each and every single individual, whether they are weak or whether they are strong, whether they are rich or whether they are poor, whether they are wise or whether they are foolish. They are all the people of God. Let the blessing and the grace of God remain in them. May they be strengthened and edified in the grace and in the presence of God. Yes, may they be mighty in the land. Let them not be empty-handed, but let them be full of the might of God. For the word of God says, I have clothed your nakedness I have clothed it with I have robed it with the strength of the Lord I have robed you in the glory and the salvation of God Lord let your people oh God be robed in your strength in your salvation in your glory let them be mighty in the land let them dispel the darkness let them plant the seeds of righteousness that salvation will grow bless each and every ministry of our church oh God the Sunday school ministry, the children's church ministry, the Saturday services, the worship nights, the Sunday services, the saturate ministries, the Hindi services, the Malayalam service, the English service. In each and every one of these places, let the life of God flow. Let each and every one of these ministries be connected by God and let them bear much fruit. Just as you said in Genesis and you blessed your people saying, be blessed of the Lord and bear much fruit be fruitful lord we thank you for doing it we give you all the glory and honor we give you ourselves in your hands we thank you for what you do in the name and blood of jesus christ we pray thank you all for me god bless you